Well, 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 we meet again, ladies and gentlemen. It's fantasy football season. It is episode number 26 coming at you, and we're giving it to you a day early because we love you that much. We love you that much that in our heart of hearts, John and I take away from our busy, busy schedule to talk about pass catchers today. Yes, wide receivers, tight ends, kickers. No, no, not kickers, not kickers. Just wide receivers and tight ends. Just wide receivers and tight ends. And we are going to tell you everything we've been telling you so far, our draft strategy. And I, John's been the guy so far to give you the really big draft strategy. I have a very big theory on my tight end draft strategy. I'm going to give it to you against my better judgment because I don't want any of my 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 enemies listening to this as I tell them. But we're going to do it. We're going to do our rankings. We're going to do our love hates, our flex plays, our sleepers, our busts. And of course, our training camp report. The NFL preseason just kicked off. And we have a couple of guys we'd like to do. A couple of guys signed some extensions just recently as today. One who formerly played in the Meadowlands. And now is in Seattle with our friend P. Carroll. And what John doesn't know, I didn't tell him this, but at the end of the show, we're going to talk about the NFL Top 100 so far and see if there's anybody that John likes or didn't like. James Robinson made the list number 100. Wow. Justin Jefferson has not been shown yet, which means he'll probably make the Top 40. Whoa. We got that and a lot more coming at you on the third installment of our fantasy football advice FFA season. So pull your chair up, pop open a beer, sit back, relax, and join John and I as we take you on this magical journey of FFA. Let's roll. You play to win the game. Touchdown! Can't wait. Johnny boy. I didn't know we were going to Disney World. Hey, Disney World's a great place. After like our 50th episode, do we have to do like a big thing where we make a commercial? And I'm like, we're going to Disney World. We, I think we could do that. I think we could do a couple things. We could do that at, at uh, 1,000 downloads. Whoa. We could do that. And then when we hit episode 50, we could have like this like mutual, like mutual guest, like big guest. We could, we could try at least. <laughs> we could we try. Could try. <laughs> But uh, hello, everybody. Good afternoon. Good evening. Good morning, wherever you're listening. My name is Joe Miglio. I am your co-host of Perfect Spiral. Right in front of me, that beautiful, handsome smile and that ever-growing beard with the balding head <laughs> is my co-host, John McCarthy. John, how are you doing today? You know, I'm fired up today. I don't seem it. Like, I didn't, like, just go once. You seem I'm very sh- mellow. I'm very mellow today because you know what it is? I'm just protecting the heat. I'm coming with heat today, Joe. Okay. I'm coming with fire. We, Me and Joe did our, like, rankings right before the, the pod. Um, and there's some, there's some stuff here. There's, there's some, some disparities, here. but you know, I mean, listen, wide receiver is a very deep position. Oh, very deep. Very yeah. deep position. As always, please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast on any of our podcast platforms. That would be Apple, Spotify, Google, Deezer, Stitcher, Pandora, anywhere you get your podcast. You could also catch it on Buzzsprout, which is our podcast provider. Thank you, Buzzsprout. Thank you, Buzzsprout. Shout out to Buzzsprout. Shout out, Buzzsprout. Also, like to thank all of our listeners. Uh, it has been well documented by John and myself that this 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 stretch, this summer stretch, was very, 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 very light, very hard, uh, and a little bit of a dark tunnel. But 
my God, this past week was electric. Awesome. Electric. Um, picked back up steam. If you're into charts and stuff like that, our chart was zigging and zagging, <laughs> and now it's going up. So want to thank everybody for that. Um, keep it up. Keep listening. We are right around the corner from the NFL season. 26 days till the first Sunday and 23 days until the first day of the regular season. Let's go! Between the Cowboys and the Buccaneers on Thursday. <sighs> what a fucking game. The Bucs are going to st- curb stomp them, but that's oh, fine. Yeah. Dak might not even play. That's fine. Um... Why don't we get into it? Because we had a lot to cover. We today. do have a lot. This is gonna be a very this is gonna be a very busy episode. So we're gonna start our first segment with our usual training camp report. Um and John, preseason games are this weekend. Any a couple of guys you'd like to highlight in those preseason games? There was. So one of the first guys I want to highlight um is Justin Fields. I mean, I, I feel like you can't talk about the preseasons without talking about Justin Fields right away. Absolutely. Um, we covered it. We, we covered him last week, said that he was practicing well, and it transferred to the field. What a, what a, like, I mean, granted, let's, the bus is parked in Chicago right let's now. Put, right? Let's so put all par- the ducks in a row. Yeah, let's put all the ducks in a row. We have to remember that this is preseason. Granted, it is very, I, I don't want to um, negate how hard it is to become an NFL player. I mean, but you are playing against like second and third string players, but it does go without saying that he was absolutely electric. He was very good. 14 um, of 20, couple of touchdowns, one rushing, one throwing. He, like the first couple of drives, it was like eh, three and out, three and out, but then he, he got his footing. Well, yeah, he played against the ones first and yeah. he struggled a little bit, a little bit. And then he went against the twos and he dominated. Yeah. He, he showed what everybody has been seeing in practice that there is a lot of promise there. On the other side of the football, though, I will say this. Tua did not look great at all. Granted, again, preseason, we're seeing a lot of the same. We saw a lot of the same stuff that we saw early and middle of last year with him. Short completions. What was he? 8 of 11, I think, for 99 yards and interception. He, he we're seeing a lot of the same stuff. So I'm kind of hoping too, as a guy that I was very high on this year, I had him rank. I had him ranked pretty high and I, I still, I was right, right? Eight of 11 for 99 yards and an interception. Um, he's a guy that I, I need to see a little more of in the preseason. And I think that the dolphins organization needs to see a little more in the preseason from him because going into the season, that's concerning. And we were talking about this. He doesn't have the pinch hitter. Ryan Fitzpatrick's not coming in off the bench. No drafted him. Jalen Waddle. Let's, Let's start to see a little bit here. And I grant, I know we're overreacting just a little bit to one preseason game. So let's see it move I think a little bit. One thing I remember, it's the first preseason game, right? So they're not going to show all the cards. Mm. Okay. And, you know, now the second preseason game of, because if you remember now, there's only three. There's only three, yeah. The second preseason game is the quote unquote dress rehearsal for some of these teams. Right now, it's not the third one where it usually is. The third preseason game is not going to be utilized for teams to determine who's going to make those final five spots on their roster. Mm-hmm. So next week and this 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 coming weekend, I think you'll see Tua maybe play a little bit more. Maybe not. You know, it's weird because he's like the unquestioned starter, right? So their chief priority, this is what a lot of teams, their chief priorities are not getting their number one guys hurt. Mm -hmm. You do not want them to get hurt. Of course not. Now, Tua went 8 of 11, as you mentioned. So he did play. He -hmm. didn't like he wasn't in for a series and came out. He played. And I think he's going to play the same amount, if not a little bit more, this weekend coming up. So we'll definitely see what we got going on there. I want to take the bus and I want to take it back to the East Coast and I want to pin stop it in North Carolina. Ooh, okay. And I want to stop it in Panthers camp um, 
because they played the Colts this weekend and a couple of things there, right? One, Jacob Eason 1,000% has the leg up on Sam Ellinger in that quarterback battle for whether it's the backup position or whoever's starting whenever Carson Wentz comes back. Eason was light years better than Ellinger. That's I'm just going to note that. The main reason I'm parking the bus in Carolina is because P.J. Walker played very well in that preseason game. He did. And he, is, he was 10 of 21 for a buck 61 at a score. And he showed the ability to scramble, to avoid taking a sack. He didn't hold on to the ball too long. He found Terrence Marshall for a couple of big gains, who we're going to talk about today. Mm-hmm. And there are people, there are whispers in Carolina that – there are some people who believe that P.J. Walker should be QB1 for the Carolina Panthers over Sam Darnold. I don't believe that's going to happen because of what the Panthers have invested in Darnold. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to happen to yeah, start. To start, probably not. But if Walker, much like a Mac Jones to Cam Newton situation, if Darnold shows zero growth mm-hmm. for the first six weeks of the season, I don't. I could definitely foresee a scenario where the Panthers, because let's, let's be honest, if the Panthers are not... If Sam Donald is not average this year, the Panthers will be one of the worst three teams in the league. Oh, and Tepper Tepper is not going to along take with that well. yes, along with Houston and along with probably Detroit. Yeah, those three teams are probably the worst of the worst this year in in football. And you could just see that they're yes. rebuilding franchises. They don't have a lot going on, yep. and they're trying to find pieces. Just keep an eye on that. Just do me a favor and keep an eye on he, that. He was fantastic in the XFL, so I mean, so, for what it was. That's all we're really going to cover there. A couple of news and notes from the league, obviously. Oh, wait, real quick, Joe. Oh, not to cut you off. I just want to go. I want to go to Washington. Really oh, quick, you want to huh? stop the bus? I want to stop the bus. I, tell me. I'm taking control of the bus really quick. I want to stop in Washington. Talk to um, me. Chase Young is just absolutely dominant. I mean. I'm not going to lie. He played this weekend? He played. Really? I mean, he hit that right tackle with the, I forgot who it was, the nastiest. Who they play? The Patriots. Okay, he was at he was in Cam Newton's face in two and a half seconds. Off, he looks faster. He I made mean, the NFL top hundred as coming. He out did. As a rookie this and you year. know what? Honestly, dude, I pff, keep a lookout on him for defensive player of the year. If you you if, think he's going to challenge Mister uh, like you know seven year incumbent Aaron Donald? I mean, why not? That team. First of all, that defense is really good. Second of all. Let, let's be honest. I mean, Chase Young's a beast. Chase Young's amazing. And defensive players tend to have a bigger year two jump. Like, they trend upward in year two. I think Young is probably the best defensive prospect to come out since Miles Garrett did. Probably. I mean, he's just a beast. I mean, he's uncoverable. But anyway, I just wanted to park the bus and watch. No, just to say. I, listen. And then Cam said that he's not as big as he thought he was. And it was like this hilarious joke because he got leveled. But whatever. <laughs> Cam didn't look too bad either. I mean, if we're talking about that I can't that believe game, he played, honestly. Yeah, and he played I was shocked a lot. he played. He did. I don't know why. Mac Jones looked okay, too. I Jones mean, looked okay. Listen, Belichick offense, short, dink and dunk shit. I mean, like, you're just going to see it. It's just all year long. So, all right. So, I'm thinking... Couple more news and notes, and then we'll head into FFA. Let's do it. So, obviously, this is being recorded on a Tuesday early evening. Um, if you live under a rock, you would not know this, but Jacksonville Jaguars did cut Tim Tebow today as part of their first five cuts. Wow. Um, if you've seen the viral videos of his heinous attempts at blocking, <laughs> you will understand why. Um, all those muscles for no reason. I mean, listen, here's the deal. For the people, and I and I and I and I put this on our Twitter account 
because I think it warrants for any of those people who th- who wanted to use Urban Meyer's like disaster, like impending disaster as Jaguars head coach. Like they wanted to use Tim Tebow as their one A reason. You're going to need to find another scapegoat because all the man did was give Tim another opportunity to try to prove that he could do something in the NFL, and he was one of the first five cuts because he's not good enough, and that's what everybody thought. So credit to Meyer for not holding him around for no reason and robbing somebody else of a roster spot because that was something that a lot of people feared that that was going to happen. And um, I mean, there's really nothing else to talk about. I just I, I didn't like the fact that people were shitting on Urban Meyer for giving him an opportunity and then alternatively shitting on Tim Tebow for wanting an opportunity. I didn't understand that. Like, yeah, it's kind of weird. So really just the news and notes there. Jamal Adams extension too. Jamal Adams. That was my next point. Jamal Adams signed an extension. What was it? Four years for what? Four years, like 70 something million dollars. Yeah. Something, something in that range, which is obviously the highest paid safety ever. So debatable. Jamal box safety. Adams now gets the deal. He's wanted. I don't like it, Joe. Um, I don't like it either. I think it'll come back to bite them in the end, especially on the back end. But, um, by the time that contract is over, uh, I would like to think that the Seahawks run as NFC West supremacy leaders may also be over. Um, Probably four more years of Russell Wilson. I don't know how much he will have left in the tank after those four years. Last thing I want to know before we go in chase Claypool did suffer a leg injury today in Steelers practice. Um, early reports are that it is a minor ankle injury and it is not that serious. However, it is something to monitor. Uh, and we will talk about Chase Claypool at nauseum today um, as we're going to talk about wide receivers and tight ends and our pass catch episode. John, anything to add any more news and notes before we head into FFA? No, I'm ready. Let's let's jump into the FFA. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. All right. Well, everyone, I'm going to go take a pee. So I'll be right back. And when I get back, we will talk our <laughs> FFA season. All right. So uh, don't hold on too long. We'll be right back. Hey y'all, Spencer Blinn, the producer for Perfect Spiral Podcast, and you're listening to my band Hollow Choir's new song, What You Want. Available now on Spotify. What you want. And all right, folks, we're back here. Uh, It is FFA season, John, and we are here. We have covered the quarterbacks. We have covered running backs. It is now time for the wide receivers and the tight ends. So why don't we do this? We've started with our draft strategy. Yes. uh, And how we approach each position. Because we have two positions today, why don't you discuss your wide receivers draft strategy? And Mm -hmm. I will discuss my tight end draft strategy with the the lovely listeners. All right. That sounds good. So – Thing about wide receivers is, and and honestly, this depends on your league, right? So, like, wide receiver is a big deal if you're in a PPR league, right? So, what are you doing? I'm writing my one word that I have about wide receivers. Yes, I, I agree. <laughs> I agree. No, I agree with you. Okay. All right, so I'll get to that. So, the one thing about wide receivers is, first of all. It, a majority of you guys are probably in a PPR league. I would assume, right? Either Most, half, either half or. Full. Yeah, half or full, right? So the the thing with wide receivers is wide receiver tends to be the deepest position in fantasy football, right? And what Joe actually put on the paper right here is weight on wide receivers. <laughs> I tend to agree. I am 
it disgusts me when people draft wide receivers round one lately. For some reason, I just feel like that's a Unless running they're like the cream of the crop. Yeah, but you know what's funny is we're going to go through this this year. There's maybe one or two guys that are really cream of the crop up here that deserve a first round ranking. Maybe three. Okay, and I could, I, I, can, I could agree with that. Yeah. So then, and then you're trickling into round two, and it just gets deep, man. I mean, listen, I, you're finding value in the twenties this year. You're finding value in the thirties this year. I, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm glad you mentioned that mm-hmm. because between number fifteen and number thirty-five, yeah, I don't see a huge gap. I don't either. I Joe, I don't either. I, I really didn't. When I was going through it, and I, I after I got out of the top five, I said, okay, I'm comfortable. Because you know what? At the end of the day. Like, for example, like just to discuss a strategy, I'm okay passing on a Devontae Adams and a Tyree Kill and a Stephon Diggs, a Hopkins, a Ridley. I'm okay with passing on those guys, right? Because I want to get my running back first. I'm okay with passing on them because then you know what? On the back end, I could come back around with an Allen Robinson. I come back around with a Terry McLaurin. I come back around with a Robert Woods. Woo! Robert right? Woods in my top 10, baby. Yes, he's in my top 10 also. <laughs> I could come back around with Amari Cooper. I could come back around with DJ Moore. Julio Jones is a value pick this year. Value. Julio <laughs> Jones at 20. Come back around with an Adam Thielen at 17. <laughs> Julio Jones about to have a heart attack about Julio Jones. He's a value pick at 20. <laughs> that was so funny. Oh, God. Okay, keep going. Keep we, going. we hate Julio Jones. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Sorry, but it's like you're finally where you belong. (laughs) You don't have a second round grade on you because everybody's just fucking disappointed anyway. Oh, God. Okay. Um, Joe's actually crying. I'm done. So that's why with my with the receivers, I'm with Joe. You wait on your receivers because you know what? You have good value. And that's when you are a good drafter, you realize there is value deeper in the draft at receiver. Right. Like for me this year, like, for example, I'm in um, Joe's league and reigning champion i don't have any picks like really within the first like eight rounds i do have a couple picks but my draft starts at eight basically eight or nine yeah, draft first. starts at four well i do you, have a fourth you round you have pick. one pick in the first six rounds yes so aside from that pick i draft in from basically round eight on right so i'm always i'm looking at deep guys and like you know what what's crazy is like you know ty hilton oh value pick god Pittman, I like as a value pick. Pittman is way better than Hilton. Parker, yes. I love as a value pick. Devontae Parker. Devontae Parker. Um, Traquan Smith. Jacoby Myers. Slayton. Terrence Marshall. All these guys you're naming are probably like, honestly, on a weekly basis, probably like eight to ten point guys. Uh-huh. But they could also explode for 25 on any given of Sunday. Course. I, of any course. Any given week. Because, you know what's funny? Any given week. What's funny about receivers, and and what's crazy, too, is a lot of these guys are, like, really good flex plays. Like, Denzel Mims. Denzel Mims. Don't sleep on Denzel Mims this year. I mean, K.J. Hamler. Huge preseason game from K.J. Hamler. Um, Kadarius Toney. James Washington. Oh, James Washington next for a trade. Sammy Watkins in Baltimore. Value pick. Stop. I, I hate Sammy, but stop. Joe, value pick at 80. Stop. The 80th ranked receiver, according to you should be ranked fantasy pros. Okay. Randall Cobb is in Green Bay. AJ no. Green, yuck. No. Alan Lazard. Alan Lazard's not a bad play. Not bad play. He's ranked 70, 77 in fantasy pros. That's so, a good bench player. That's right? a good bench player. So, see, receiver is deep. So, just don't, don't go, don't feel pressured to overdraft. Stay the course. Watch the board fall mm. and just take it from there. That's that's my whole thing. Love that. Now, I'm gonna 
I'm going to... Class is in session, folks. Okay. Okay? The tight end position is, to me, the most important position in fantasy football. Oh, we should have said we're doing them together today. Yes. We're doing them together. The most important position in fantasy football, to me. If you can nail your tight end position and your running back position, you will have a successful fantasy season. To me, that is the number one rule in order to have a winning fantasy season. John, who was your tight end in my league last year? So my tight end in your league was Travis Kelsey. Okay. And I had Darren Waller in the flex. Okay. Who were your running backs? My running backs were Nick Chubb. And did I start Lenny in the championship? You might have. I think I started Lenny in the championship. Okay. Case in point. Case in point. Now, John said something that's really interesting. He had Travis Kelsey in round one, or not in round one, is his tight end. He had Darren Waller in the flex. Folks, if you can do this, and this is something that this is not a secret anymore, okay, because I've done it for multiple years now. If you're picking let's say sixth in your fantasy draft. And you may not be able to get away with it this year because Kelsey's going a lot in round one, which I think is kind of crazy, but whatever. If you're picking eighth in your league this year, right? And let's say you get Zeke eighth overall as your first running back, right? What is stopping you from going, okay? Zeke, let's take Kelsey's take it in the first round, right? You go Zeke. You go Waller or Kittle round two. You take the other tight end on this flip in round three. And then take a quarterback like Mahomes or Josh Allen in round four. Now, what you've done is you've cornered. The, and this is what I like to do. You've cornered the market on one position. Okay. Because now, and here's another thing, folks. Do not treat your tight ends as special needs players. Okay, they are wide receiver ones in offenses. The game has changed. The game has changed. Okay, if you draft Travis Kelsey as your top receiver, he is your wide receiver one. This does not mean that in round two, you need to take DeAndre Hopkins. Go somewhere else. Draft another position of need because you have your wide receiver one. If you draft Travis Kelsey and Darren Waller in back-to-back rounds, and then you take, as your two starting receivers, LaVisca Chenault and Tyler Boyd, folks, that's okay. That's fine. That's not bad. John, would you sign up for Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller, LaVisca Chenault, and Tyler Boyd? I would. I would. Any day of the week. And your first round pick is Zeke Elliott and your quarterbacks, Josh Allen or Kyler Murray? Sign me up. Oh, I'm all in on Where's that. Where's the dotted line? Too many people, and this goes back to our, 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 our quarterback discussion. Too many people are afraid to make a pick that they think they shouldn't make because it doesn't please what all the experts tell you to do. Or your fellow, or your fellow uh, uh, people in your draft. Do yourself a favor. I promise you, promise you. Draft a tight end early, because there's not a lot of good ones. And if you have the opportunity to double up 
and go, and you could draft two of those three guys and put one in the flex and the other one as your tight end. You have two wide receiver ones. Guys, Kelsey, Waller, and Kittle are all wide receiver ones in their offenses. TJ Hawkinson's a wide receiver one in his offense. Mark Andrews is still a wide receiver one in his offense. I mean, Kyle Pitts is a wide receiver two in his offense. Noah Font could be a wide receiver Noah one. Noah Font could be a wide... I mean, there's so many tight ends that are specific. It It's not... The, the, the tight end position is no longer, you know, your tight end does all. There's a... There's a differentiation between a pass-catching tight end and a blocking tight end. There's only a few do-it-all tight ends. And the reason they're on the field all those plays is because there's such a threat in the pass game that when they do block, they command a, they command a defender to be on them. So it's one less guy to be on a receiver. That's why the Chiefs are so good on offense, because Kelsey's on the field every single play. Because even when he's not going out for a pass, he demands attention, which is why you can't double Tyreek Hill, because Travis Kelsey's there. That's why they're so threatening. It, it's, it, it makes too much sense not to do it. Treat your tight ends as wide receiver ones. They're, it's, 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 it's something that you will succeed with. I'm done. Wow, Joe. You know what's funny is Joe. So Joe, I picked up on the strategy from Joe actually. So I, I picked Joe's brain a lot, um, as I'm sure he picks mine. Um, and I picked up on the strategy, and I actually did it last year when I made a few trades. I traded for Kelsey, and then I traded for Waller, and I ran that the rest of the season because it just made too much sense. It just makes way too much sense because like Waller obviously is bar none the wide receiver one in that offense, right? And Kelsey, like you said, is the wide receiver one. I mean, listen, him and Tyree Killer are always going to eat. But you can even start them both in the same lineup. If but you it's like here's the thing that, that drives me nuts, right? It's like it's like Kelsey, Kelsey Waller, Kittle, right? When they're all healthy, they're going for like at minimum, they're going for like four for like sixty and a touchdown on a bad week, yeah, right? But even four for sixty is ten points, right? And that's their bad week, mm-hmm. right? So if that's what you're getting out of your tight end on your bad week, that's the same output you would get from a DeAndre Hopkins on a bad week. It's fair. So what's the difference? There is no difference. And tight end, like we're gonna get to it. Tight end is is always the thinnest position in drafts. So very thin. It's a huge drop off. Yeah. Like you said, cornering um your draft in the tight end market is huge. So good work there, Joe. Thank you. I appreciate that. So you want to get into our wide receiver rankings? Let's we'll do wide receivers end. and then we'll do tight ends afterwards. We're not mixing them together because that's just too much. Yeah, too much. So wide receivers, why don't we Keep doing, keep 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 doing what we're doing. We'll we'll go through, um, one to thirty, right? So and we're gonna highlight a few. We're not gonna highlight like we always do. We right. don't highlight all thirty. We're gonna. So highlight I'm gonna go through my one through five, and then you want to go through your one through five, and we'll yeah. pick one guy that we talk about. Let's do that. Perfect. Right. So my one through five is in order: Devontae Adams, Stephon Diggs, Calvin Ridley, Tyreek Hill, and where is my number five receiver? DeAndre Hopkins. Okay, so mine That's is my number. It's one through five. So me. mine is similar. My number one is Stephon Diggs. Right. My number two is Devontae Adams. My number three is Tyreek Hill. My number four is Calvin Ridley, and my number five is DeAndre Hopkins. All right. So there's really nothing to discuss there because we're all listen. Main thing you need to think of. I mean, John and I have one and two flipped. I think both candidates. Well, actually, that may not be very necessarily true. Give me one second on that. I think Devontae Adams is a humongous 
touchdown regression candidate. That's what I was just going to say. And we spoke about Huge. this. Huge. We spoke about this with Rodgers. Right. Huge. He's a, he is a regression candidate. He actually gets a hate rating from me. He caught 18 touchdowns last year. That's absurd. Yes. I don't know if that's going to happen. You can't predict that that's going to happen again. Right now here, they have him projected for 15 touchdowns. That may even be too many. He went 13 in 2018, 5 in 2019, and 18 in 2020. Last year was actually one of the first years he was fully healthy. So, don't know. Diggs, on the other hand, is much more consistent in his touchdown grabs. He's got 9, 6, and 8 in the past three seasons. So, huge target share for Diggs. Very, very big target. He is the, un- but see, Adams is the same. They're both undisputed wide receiver ones. Mm-hmm. Like, third down, Allen and Rodgers are looking for those guys. Yeah. That's it. Now, the only thing about Buffalo and Diggs' place is Diggs is not really a huge deep threat for Buffalo. Mm -hmm. They have Gabriel Davis for that. He's not really a slot guy. That's what they got Cole Beasley for. He's, He's like a possession receiver on steroids. What Diggs does is Diggs covers the tight end target share and the wide receiver yes. one target share. 100%. Which is why his share is so large. Same thing with Adams. The only thing with Adams is that Rodgers loves throwing to the tight end in the red zone. Yeah. So that's the only downside there. I don't expect Robert Tanyan to have as many touches as he did last year. No, I don't think so either. But again, same thing. But either way, if you take one of those two guys, feel extremely comfortable in yeah. where you are. Um, Ridley... Both expect a big year from him. Big year from especially him. Especially with Julio gone now. Yes. And a team that's going to be passing a ton because yeah. they're going to be behind a lot. Their running back is Mike Davis, right? He's not terrible. No, he's not terrible, but it's nothing. It's nothing. No. Uh, it's nothing like it's whatever. Tyree Kill, number four, and DeAndre Hopkins, number five. Expect, my, my, in my opinion, expect much of the same for them. I want. I just want to say something about Hopkins. Um, go, go for it. I'm expecting a slight regression from Hopkins this year. Um, I, I don't... He has shown regression in his touchdowns in the past three seasons. Yes. And last year, there was a period of time where he was kind of non-existent in the offense. Um, I, I just, I would, I don't want to say don't draft Hopkins, but there are some other guys I would draft over him if they are available. Even though I have him ranked five, I don't love him in that spot. Okay. But you're out of respect. There, you're putting in. I mean, you look at his stats last year, Johnny. He went 115 for 1,407 yards and six touchdowns. I mean, when you're catching 115 balls and over 400 yards, that's nothing to sneeze at. No, I know. But I'm just. I think there is slight regression there. I do think because Rondell Moore is there. Rondell Moore looks fantastic. Yes. Yes. Christian Kirk is there. Um, AJ Green is there. Larry Fitzgerald is there. I'm not. No, Fitz, Fitz, Fitz isn't there anymore. Fitz is there. You sure? He didn't retire. He didn't retire? No. Oh. So I there there's it's a crowded wide receiver room. He's clearly the number one. Right. Does concern me a slight bit. Not to mention, there are going to be some targets going to Chase Edmonds. Something to Absolutely. monitor. Something to monitor there Absolutely. in Arizona. So all right, why don't you give me your six through ten? So my six through ten, I have Keenan Allen at six. Hmm. That goes without saying. Right. Seven, I have AJ Brown. Love, love, love AJ Brown this year. At eight, I have Robert Woods which mm. I think we're going to discuss. Mm-hmm. Number nine, I have Terry McLaurin. Mm. And my number 10, I have Justin Jefferson. Okay. Interesting. I have... I have Jefferson at six. Okay. I have Allen at seven. I have um, 
Keenan Allen at seven. Okay. Okay. I have Allen Robinson at number eight. Allen Robinson's number 11 for me. Okay. I have A.J. Brown at number nine, and I have Robert Woods at number 10. Okay. And for context, I have Terry McLaurin at number 11. Okay. So we could discuss McLaurin as well. Yeah. So you want to talk about McLaurin or you want to talk about Woods first? I want to talk about Woods first because both of... See, I thought I was in the minority in putting Woods in the top 10. And because the book the book I have has him ranked at 15. Mm-hmm. Where does your Fantasy Pros list? Uh, they have him ranked 13. So he's in the teens here. For me, in the possession guy like he is... I think he's going to eat up catches. I don't necessarily think he's going to score a ton of touchdowns. No, but I think his target share is massive. I think he caught 90 passes this year, last year. They have him on pace to catch, make 80 catches. I'm going to tell you right now. I, this is a, okay, I'm going to put it out there. Bold, bold statement about to happen? Book it. Okay. Robert Woods will lead the NFL in receptions. I agree with you. For, so I love Robert Woods this year. Robert Woods will lead the league in receptions. My personal opinion. He did this with Goff. Imagine what he's going to do with Stafford. And when, and you know what's funny with Stafford, right? So when you when you're looking at a guy like Robert Woods and you want to draft him, you draft him with like the utmost confidence because when Matthew Stafford gets locked on a receiver, right. he's fucking locked. Look what he did with Marvin Jones. Hey. Marvin Jones was a easy eighth round pick for how many years? And you started him in your lineup. He was your wide receiver three or your flex play. All year long. Or right. he was a waiver pickup because everybody just forgot every year and then mm-hmm. they pick him up off waivers and he kills it for you. Right. Robert Woods is going to have a fucking hell of a year. I really man. do like Robert Woods. Things going to be really good for them. Yeah, fantastic. Um, why don't you talk? Why don't we talk about uh, blah, blah, blah. Um, McLaurin? McLaurin. Because I think he's an interesting candidate. Yeah. Too. McLaurin's an interesting one because he didn't really have a quarterback last year. I'm comparing him to Devontae Parker. Think about how successful Devontae Parker was with Ryan Fitzpatrick. He had like a rebirth. Yeah. And you already know he's going to. I mean, uh, go, do you have him his stats over there? So what did he have last year? McLaurin with- last year went 87 for 11-18 and only four touchdowns. Okay. So first of all. The touchdowns are going to go up, folks. Yeah. They're going up. When you're in a PPR league and you see that a guy had 88 catches, you're fucking drooling. Okay. Like, even though he didn't have that many yards and even though he didn't have that many touchdowns, he was catching like six or seven balls, eight balls. 134 targets last year. Incredible. And now you have a guy like Fitzpatrick there who's going to, he's going to throw the ball. Like, that's what he's there for, to throw the ball. Mm. I mean, listen, it says right here McLaurin managed wide receiver two production in 2020 with some of the league's worst quarterbacks who combined for 16 passing touchdowns. Think about that, folks. The Washington football team, as a team, threw 16 passing touchdowns last year. The whole season. McLaurin caught a quarter of them. Yeah. Okay? And he's never had a quarterback that could actually push the ball downfield. And McLaurin actually stretches the field. I think McLaurin's going to have a very, very good season. Draft him with confidence. Very, very. He could be a wide receiver one for you this year. 100%. Definitely. Um... A.J. Brown is a beast. No yeah, really thing no. to discuss him. And and going to get even better with Julio. Yeah, so. Keenan Allen is, especially with Hunter Henry gone, undisputed wide receiver one. The only person that's going to be battling targets with him is going to be Austin Eckler. Um, Mike Williams is a the down threat for that team. But Mike Williams always gets hurt. So yeah. Keenan Allen is a surefire, 100 catch, possible double-digit double touchdown guy. Again, Draft with confidence, wide receiver one, for sure. Um, and lastly, why don't we talk about Allen Robinson? 
Because I think Allen Robinson... Allen Robinson, I think, is a guy who... People were afraid to draft last year because mm-hmm. of Trubisky. And they're going to be afraid to draft him again this year because of Andy Dalton. Let me remind you what Allen Robinson did last year. The past two seasons. In, ni- in 2019, Allen Robinson went 98 catches for 1,147 yards and seven touchdowns. And last year, he caught 102 passes for 1,250 yards and six touchdowns. He had 154 targets in 2019 and 151 targets in 2020. And some of those targets, okay, um, were some... Tr- Mitchell Trubisky, I, I read this somewhere, he was the most... Like his the target share he gave Robinson or Allen Robinson, his target share has the is the most uncatchable passes in that group. That's insane. So he did this over the past two years while he was still able to have that bad of a quarterback play. And we mentioned a couple of times before, he's got the best quarterback he's ever had in his career now with Dalton. If and when Fields takes over. His ability is going to jump. He's very much jump. like he's very much like McLaurin, right, Joe? I think he's McLaurin, but I think he's more talented than Terry yeah. McLaurin. Yeah, I'm just talking about situation. Situation, I think it's very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, I, again, you're asking me. I think he's a wide receiver one. I do. I have him at number eight. I think he's a wide receiver one. Yeah, I got him at eleven. I, I, I mean, again, you're not to me. You're not finding ten. Better receivers in the NFL right now than Allen Robinson. You're right. You're not. You can't. So that's what I have here. Let's go 11 to uh, 15. I already mentioned McLaurin at number 11. Uh, number 12, I have Amari Cooper. Where'd you have Justin Jefferson? Did he make your top 10? He was on number six. Oh, we we don't even need to talk about him. I mean, he's he's the Justin Jefferson is the the catch guy. Yeah. And Adam Thielen is clearly Kirk Cousins' red zone target. So. Yeah. If you're drafting Jefferson, don't expect him to catch like, don't expect him to have a Devontae Adams type season. Yeah. Expect him to have more of like a Michael Thomas type season, if gotcha. that makes sense. So I got um, McLaurin at 11, Cooper at 12. Uh, I have number 12. Where's number 12 for me? Number 12, number 12, number 12. Uh, DK Metcalf. I have him at 12 also. Okay. Um, no, I'm, I'm sorry, Metcalf's number 13 for me. Cooper's number 12. Number 14 is Mike Evans. And number 15 is... I always get lost because I'm going from page to page. Um, Where the hell is number 14? You had two 14s, remember? Oh, no, number 14 is Adam Thielen. Okay. No, 15 is Adam Thielen. Gotcha. Okay, 15. mine. So, again, really quick, just so everybody's caught yeah. up here. McLaren, Cooper... Metcalf, Evans, Thielen. Okay, so mine, 12 is Metcalf. 13 is CeeDee Lamb. Mm. 14, I have Chris Godwin. And 15, I have Amari Cooper. Who was your 11? My 11 was uh, Allen Robinson. Okay. I just want to talk about DK. Let's go to DK. Then I want to talk about the Dallas wide receivers as a core. Yes. Okay. okay. So DK, I absolutely hate DK Metcalf this year. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Okay. Um, He is very, like... Touchdown dependent. You think so? Very. <sighs> I mean, last year he caught 10 touchdowns, 83 catches for 1,300 yards. 
he's very deep play touchdown dependent for me. He, I mean, he worries me. I listen that that offense. See, okay, this goes back to last week. Right. Really quick, I'm gonna make this very fast. Sure. Offensive identity. That team seems to never figure it out. It's either they're a run team, they're a pass team, it's a Russell Wilson team, it's a Pete Carroll team. There's no offensive identity. So the only person that I draft on that team with confidence is Russell Wilson. Two, actually. Russell Wilson and Tyler Lockett. Those are the only two I draft with confidence on that team. I do not like DK Metcalf. I feel like DK Metcalf in certain games cannot find separation. You've seen it a million times last year. There was a couple of games where he just could not figure it out. Um that's my that's my little thing on DK Metcalf. I'm sorry if you like DK Metcalf. I'm sorry. I know I know he's only three percent body fat, but that doesn't mean shit in fantasy football for me. Sorry. Anyway, go ahead, Joe. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> that's totally cool. I just like totally shit on his three percent body fat. Let's, I mean, it's impressive. I want to go to Dallas. Okay, because I want to discuss Lamb and Cooper. Yes, please. Let's do it. Because I have Lamb at seventeen. Okay. You have him at 13. I'm at 13. And you have him ranked higher than Amari Cooper. I do. I have the opposite. Okay. Why do you like CD better than Cooper? So CD Lamb in a lot of games last year, he did show up. When Dak was there, CD Lamb was a bona fide flex play. I think CD Lamb graduates this year to a wide receiver two play. Because I just feel like going into year two, you see a lot of these these rookie receivers have a nice little jump. Right? Cooper for me is a little bit of a regression candidate. Cooper goes ghost. There, there are some weeks where Amari Cooper is completely unfounded. Like, you start him and you're like, how the fuck did Amari Cooper have three points? He'll have one catch for like four yards. I know. And it's baffling because you know what, Joe? I'm tired. I am sick and fucking tired of hearing that he is the best route runner in football. His routes are fantastic. He's one of the top five. He's one of the top five, but he just cannot fucking figure it out half the time. Granted, he's not in a division where he's playing against top tier cornerback play. No, the best cornerback in his division is probably Bradbury for the Giants. And then William Jackson for the for the uh, Washington football team. Yeah. I mean, listen, come on now. Philly, two games a year, you're starting Cooper. You're starting him at least one game against the Giants. No, I think you start him every week. But you, you, He's an every week starter for me. Expect that if you're in a tight fantasy matchup and he's your last guy, just expect a fucking loss. And that's what I've come to, the, come to grips with with him. For some reason, there's, there's always weeks, something. He has, he's like, he's has what I call Derek Henry, Derek Henry syndrome, right? There are weeks where he'll go for 45 points. He'll have nine catches, three of them touchdowns. He looks unstoppable. The next week, he goes two for six, and you're like, oh, they just. For me, I like him, and I like him with Dak. I like him with Dak. I think with Dak, he's a consistent fantasy player. Mm-hmm. Without Dak, he's unplayable. That's scary. That's scary. That's scary. You can say that a lot, but you can say that about a lot of receivers. But, but Joe, that's scary when we're talking about guys like McLaurin and Robinson who have had subpar quarterback play who somehow figure it out. Well, that's scary. I, there's a reason me. I like those guys better. True. CD Lamb for me, and again, this is a coming from guy. I'm keeping CD Lamb in our league. I like CD Lamb. You're welcome. I hope CD. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I I I think CD Lamb. I think I'm maybe is not biased, but. I do think there's an opportunity that CD Lamb could become the wide receiver one by season's end in Dallas. I, I don't think that's too far fetched. I don't think that's that much of a stretch. Not at all. I think he's the easily the most talented receiver on that roster, and I think in today's NFL, the fact that he lines up in the slot benefits him 
in an actual NFL offense, and it benefits him tremendously in fantasy. Well, yeah, when you have Zeke Elliott in the back, you have Gallup on the other side, you have Cooper when he wants to show up, and then you're in the slot, you're eating. And they have no tight end. So So I think that Lamb, and I'm I'm alone, I think he's a wide receiver too. I want him to be wide receiver one. I don't think it's going to happen this year. You may get glimpses of it. You may get glimpses of it next year. But if you're in a keeper league, CD's probably going to go in the third, fourth round because it's a keeper league. Slightly over. If it's in a redraft league, you might get him in the fifth or the sixth. Maybe. Right on schedule. Maybe. Though. Draft him as a wide receiver two for me, and I think for you as well. I, I like him as a wide receiver two this year. But you will get weeks where he puts up wide receiver one numbers. Of course. And he's going to run the ball. And I don't think there's that much of a... Yes, he will run the ball. But see, and now you're kind of convincing me a little bit on Lamb. Unlike Cooper, I don't think his bad weeks, you're going to see that steep of a drop-off. I don't think you're going to see that much of a like 30-point game than like a four-point game. Well, not to harp on Cooper, Joe, but when Cooper has those drop-offs, he's one of only two guys in the league that I can think of that do that. Who's the other one? Julio Jones. Oh, well, he's going to be discussed in our next Him, in him next and list. Julio are like, it's either you're having the game of your life or you don't exist on the field and we don't even know if you're out there. There was a game last year where I said <laughs> to my, I, I think I texted the group chat and said, where the fuck is Amari Cooper? I think I needed six points and he couldn't even fucking do it for me. Like, just catch one fucking ball for like, like you really feel strongly about thirty this. yards. I, I'm I'm sorry, Joe. I don't like Cooper. I I, <laughs> I don't like him. I just don't like Amari Cooper. I'm All not right, drafting. That's him. fine. And I don't think anybody else should either. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Undrafted. <laughs> so let's go to sixteen to twenty. Um, okay. So sixteen to twenty, I have um, Julio Jones at number sixteen. He, he's in my top. He's twenty for me. Okay. I have CD at number seventeen. Uh, at number 18, I have um, Chase Claypool. I have him at 18 also. Uh, at number 19, I have Michael Thomas. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and uh, at number 20, I have... Um, oh, God, excuse me. Um, at number 20, I have Odell Beckham. Wow. Okay, so 16, I have Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup is number 21 for me. Yeah, I think I have him a little high. Okay. Um, 17, I have Adam Thielen. Okay. 18, I have... Where is he? 18, I have Claypool. Okay. 19, I have Jerry Judy. And Ooh. number 20, I have Julio Jones. So you want to just get Julio out of the way? Why don't we talk about... Let's save Julio for last. All right, let's save Julio for last. Why don't we talk... I want to talk about Claypool. Okay. And I want to talk about... Um, I want to talk about Judy. Okay. Because I have Judy ranked 29th. Interesting. But I think there's a very good opportunity he could be much higher. And and you want to get to Michael Thomas because I have Michael Thomas 28. So we can, we can do we can talk about we can, we can talk about all these guys together. Okay. That's fine. So let's go... Let's talk about Claypool first. For me, he's a touchdown regression candidate for sure. Yes. But on the flip side... He is, to me, he has taken the mantle from Juju Smith-Schuster as the wide receiver one in that offense. Very much so. I agree. Um, I think Deontay Johnson, to me, Deontay Johnson is probably the most talented receiver in that group. But there are just some weeks where he's just not, he's non-existent. Yeah. Again, much the like Amari Cooper. Right? The drops. Oh, one. my God. Right. The drops. The problem that I have with Claypool is that 
all those receivers that we just mentioned, even though he's a wide receiver one mm-hmm. on that team, yeah, he is going to have to share those catches with those guys. He caught. Think about this. With all the hype around Chase Claypool last year, he only caught sixty-two passes. That's a that's a decent amount. It's not wide receiver one territory. Hell, that's you know that's wide receiver two, fringe wide receiver two territory, flex play territory. Also, keep note that the Steelers' offensive line got significantly worse. Big Ben is one more year older, and they also drafted Najee Harris in the first round of the draft. I don't think you're going to see the Steelers pass the ball nearly as much as you did this coming season. Mm-hmm. Personally, I don't love any of the Steelers receivers this year. Really? Not one. I'm on the other side of this one. Really? Yeah. Tell me why. So, like I was telling you last week, I hate Big Ben, right? But I, but I love everything around him. Okay. So I feel like this. So I feel like this offense is going to become like 20 yards and back, right? So. <laughs> Joe's laughing because it sounds ridiculous. <laughs> They're going to play a ton of short field. Like, we're talking dink and dunk. We're talking a lot of screens. We're talking a lot of slant routes, stop goes. That doesn't really that doesn't really uh, appease to Claypool, though, because he's a deep threat. Yes, but Claypool was really fucking good in college. Like, Claypool was not just a deep threat. Claypool no, he was, was... No, but that they have... They have Deontay Johnson for those over-the-middle catches. That's, that, and they have Juju for the slants and all that stuff. Very true, but... Claypool for me, I feel like just as much as we're talking about how the offensive line got worse and Big Ben scares you, I, there's just something about like wide receivers and Steeler offenses. Is it because is it because they because because he plays for the Steelers? Like if you put Claypool in the Baltimore Ravens, do you like him as much? No. Okay. I think I think what it is is that year after year, and I mean this could come back and fucking bite me. Year after year, I feel like the wide receivers on the Steelers just get better in year two. I mean, I, we're saying that a lot. We're talking a lot about year two, right? Because a lot right. of these receivers have made a huge jump into well, let's the go top to another 25. One. Let's talk about so, Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy's another interesting one. So Jerry Judy had the most drops in the league last year for a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, which is obviously a problem. Horrible quarterback play, though. Awful quarterback play. And right now, the early returns in Broncos camp is that Drew Locke has a steady steady hold on the, wide, on the QB1 position. He outplayed Teddy Bridgewater in the pre- first preseason game, and he's having a good camp. <sighs> Jerry Judy, think about this. Cortland Sutton is coming off ACL surgery. He has looked a little bit slow so far. Judy, for people that forgot, was number one, was a first-round draft pick of the Broncos just last season. He was taken number 14, and a lot of people, myself included, thought he easily should have been the worth, the first wide receiver off the board last year over Henry Ruggs, who went 10th. Easily. Was that even a question? Yeah, and it was people were shocked that Ruggs went before Judy. Well, fucking Raiders suck. So I think that talking about year two receivers, right, and he falls in with the, we're going to talk about LaVisca Chenault. You already mentioned Denzel Mims. You mentioned mm-hmm. K.J. Hamler. Yeah. We spoke about Justin Jefferson a tiny bit. We spoke about Claypool as well. I think Judy has the opportunity, also CeeDee Lamb, has the opportunity to make the biggest jump from year one to year two. And of any receiver that we're going to talk about today. I fully, fully agree with you. Hence why he's in my top 20. I think he can, but it's very risk reward because of the quarterback. Yeah. 
Jerry Judy, for me, could catch 85 passes for 1,000 yards and seven touchdowns. Jerry Judy could catch 55 passes for 750 yards and three touchdowns. He's that volatile for yeah. me, which is why I have him at 29. Yeah. You have him at 19, which thinks you think he's going to be a little bit more consistent. I think he's going to be a little more consistent this year. I, I think that people forget what he was at Alabama. Well, yeah, he didn't have a good year last year. He did not. And and you know what's crazy is he's a guy that, like, you look at, like, training camp tape, and you're like, wow, he just fucking cooked that DB on that route. And, like, his footwork is absurd. It's very good. But you need to see it translate to a game. And I think it's a little hard when you have a quarterback like Drew Locke, who is atrocious. And I like <laughs> – listen, I, a couple episodes ago, I was, like, on the Drew Locke train, but I'm not on the Drew Locke train anymore. I, I just don't think he's that good. But – um. We'll see what happens. KJ Hamler is clearly the deep threat in that offense. What did he have? Two catches for 105 yards and a touchdown. Well, yeah, he's a speedster. Yeah, I mean, he was doing that last. He's there. He's there. He's there. Tyree kill. Yeah. So and and listen, that offense has no offense. There's a lot of mouths to feed on that offense, but for some reason, I just really like Jerry Judy this year. I mean, listen. I think Judy. I think you know Sutton's good. I think Sutton is going to take a little bit of time to recover, and I think Judy could step into that wide receiver. You got to remember, we love Sutton last year. We love Sutton last year. He got hurt. Judy was a first round draft pick. They're going to feed him. It's they not like they're not going to feed yeah, him. Yeah, you have they're to. They're going to feed him. Um, all right, let's let's talk about the two guys, the two guys that are kind of conundrums uh in the wide receiver world. Let's talk about Julio. But I don't want to spend too much time on him. And then let's talk about Michael Thomas. Yeah. We, we have, have to talk about Tom. We've avoided it way too long. You want to just throw Odell in there because he's a. We three. can throw Odell in there. Yeah, too. let's just That's let's fine, get him out. Of I, have at, I have Odell at twenty. I have Odell at uh, for reference twenty nine. You have him at twenty nine. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about Julio first. Okay. Julio to me is a comfortable wide receiver to play. Mm-hmm. He's one of the most talented receiver, if not the most talented. Honestly, John, like as much as I hate on Julio. He might be the most talented receiver in, in, in the league. He's one of the greatest receivers of all The time. problem with Julio Jones, mm-hmm. and I've said this for years, is that he's allergic to the end zone. And he is. Yep. I don't care what you tell me. He is allergic to the end zone. He had 2018. Again, we're talking about a guy who was compare, is being compared consistently to DeAndre Hopkins, Odell Beckham, to uh, Devontae Adams. To Tyreek Hill, the best receivers in the football. Okay. The catches are there. Okay. 113 catches with 170 targets in 2018. That's ridiculous. 99 catches. Last year he had 51 catches through nine games that come that averages out to about um about you know a little less than five catches a game. Five about five. Mm, well, no, nine times five is forty-five. So that's about six catches a game. Okay. A little quick, bit less. Quick maths on the Perfect Spiral yeah. podcast. Um, but the touchdown numbers are just brutal. Eight, six, and three in the last. Eight, six, and three. It's bad. And you know what the, even the bigger problem is? Is that he gets those touchdowns in bulk. It's not like he gets one touchdown. It's not like then that week he had, the year he had eight touchdowns, he got one touchdown for eight weeks. No. He got three in week three. He got two in week six. And then he got like maybe three weeks with one. And then... For 13 out of the 16 weeks of the season, he would catch seven for 80 with no touchdown. That's fine, but that's not a wide receiver one number. That's wide receiver two. He was being overdrafted the last couple of years. Right. Let's be honest. Of course. He was being overdrafted. And to boot, to boot, in Atlanta, they were a pass-first offense. 
He's now gone to a team that is a run-first offense. And to me, I think A.J. Brown, at this stage of Julio's career, A.J. Brown's better than him. And he already has a report, Ryan Tannehill. Joe, I 100% agree with you. I think Julio is a guy, and like I just said, like when we first started the pod and you burst it out into laughter, I think Julio is a nice value pick. <laughs> I feel like now he's finally going to be drafted where he should be drafted. Granted, I hate that we're talking about – this is nothing against Julio as a player because Julio as a player is one of the most electric wide receivers that the league's ever seen. Incre- one of the best route runners the league's ever seen. Yeah. He's absolutely incredible. But fantasy-wise, the production is just never there. And ever since he had that one big season where he almost caught 1,900 yards, he's been overdrafted every single year. And you already know you're going to see on the ticker that he has a foot injury. You already know what's going to happen. <laughs> so when you go in and, like, listen, if I'm drafting Julio in the 6th, 7th round, I'm that's fine. I'm happy. I'm all over that. All over that. Because you know what I'm doing? I'm sticking him right in my flex. <laughs> and he'll sit there all year. And, and that's fine. Because that's what Julio is now. He is a flex. And you, know you don't think great? he's a wide receiver, too? I don't think he's a wide receiver, one, or wide receiver, two. I think he's a bona fide flex play. Which is incredible. Because now we're talking about Julio Jones as a flex play. Right. That changes the whole draft. Well, he's 32. So you're going to start to see the decline soon, I think. Of course. I mean, you already started to see it. Now let's talk about the other guy. Ugh. Let's talk Let's talk about Michael Thomas, then we'll talk about Odell last. Unless you want to save Thomas for last. Let's talk about Odell first. Let's talk we'll about Odell Thomas. first, because Thomas is going to take a minute. Right. I think the thing with Odell is, is very simple. In, in, in Odell, for, and this is why I have him at 20. Odell last year, in, uh, he played like, he. it says he played seven games, but he played like four healthy. The other three, he was not healthy. Yeah. He was a vital part of that offense. He had a team high in targets, target share, air yards, and red zone targets, and opportunities all while he was healthy last year. He led the team. And everyone knows how much that Baker Mayfield loves Jarvis Landry and how much Baker Mayfield loves Rashad Higgins, okay? And if you don't know that Baker Mayfield loves Rashad Higgins, you better bet your ass he does. I know that for a fact, okay? <laughs> you spoke to him? I did. Um... <laughs> Don't remember the Browns are a run first team. Chubb and Hunt, obviously, like you know, LLC, stick it done. They're a run first offense. They have the best offensive line in football, undisputed best offensive line in football. Their defense is very good, and this goes back to my one of my fantasy that one of my fantasy bylaws. Good teams will breed good fantasy players. Odell Beckham plays on a good football team, which means he will have more opportunities to do more things. If he can stay healthy, Odell Beckham will put up about 70 to 75 catches. He'll have seven or eight touchdowns and he'll, he'll maybe break it. He'll, 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 he'll be in the 900 to a thousand yard range for me. Can I kick back a little bit? Sure. Kick back all you so, want. So I want to kick back on Odell. I, I hate Odell this year. You hate Odell. I hate Odell. And I'll tell you why. Baker Mayfield was ineffective when Odell Beckham was in the lineup. Well-documented. Passer rating. Passing numbers. All way down. Why? Baker Mayfield has a problem when Odell Beckham is on the field. Because he has to force feed He needs to force feed Odell Beckham. So you saw all those numbers, how he's so high in all these categories, because Baker is force feeding him the ball. Now, this goes back to what I said about offensive identity, too, and you just said it. They are a run-first team. Absolutely. They found that identity when Odell Beckham went out with the injury. They became a run-first team. And that's what made them successful. Odell Beckham coming back, 
Well, Odell Beckham is just another piece. That's why I, I don't have him as a wide receiver one or a wide receiver two. I have him as a flex play also. Okay. I Oh, by the way, I, I think just for context, mm. I have him ranked 19 because of the potential of what yes. he can do. But on a week-to-week basis, I think he is a flex wide receiver too, depending on the type of roster. Yeah, depending on what's going on. And, and yeah, you're right. Depending on the type of roster that you build, you could get him kind of late, I feel like. He's another guy that I think is a value pick. But I just, I don't, I don't like how Baker needs to force him the ball and that kind of creates an issue within the offense. Mm. And you saw it last year. And then when he went out, all of a sudden they find this offensive identity. Well, well, that's, you know what? I think winning will do that though. Winning will maybe, maybe, maybe dumb that down. Mm. They, like you said, when he got hurt, they found their offensive identity. And that's when Chubb came back and they, they were, they led the league in rushing and they had the best offensive line and best play action, right? Best play action. Baker got better. All this other stuff. If they go four and twelve last year, Odell comes and says, "I want to get my receptions. I want to get my touchdowns. Whatever." Wrong. They went eleven and five last year. They went to Pittsburgh in the wild card round and stomped on the Steelers, and they were a Chad Henney third down away from getting the ball back and trying to beat the Cleveland, the uh, Kansas City Chiefs in the divisional round in Arrowhead. Kevin Stefanski will laugh in Odell's face. And he'll say, get out. Because you know what the reality is? Cleveland doesn't need Odell Beckham Jr. He's a luxury. He doesn't. They don't need him. And they proved that last year. They do not need him. But if Odell's smart, which I don't know if he is, he would want to play on this football team. Because they're going to be good. Of course. You know, he's an underrated blocker. He's an underrated blocker. He is a good blocker, yes. And when he gets the, the facts are facts. When he gets the ball in his hands, he's dangerous. Electric. And he can take the ball to the house any time he wants to. That's why I have him in my top 20. Fair. Now, let's go to MT. So do you want to close it out with this and then we do our sleepers really quick and our... our I don't know house. if they're sleepers. We could just highlight some other guys. All right. Yeah, yeah. Because okay. yeah. we tight end is going to be quick. There's tight not- end. Yeah, there's not a ton, but I do want to focus on some guys with tight end. Okay. So Michael Thomas... We're talking about a guy who I'm going to just say fantasy pros has him ranked as the 44th receiver. This is all solely because of the injury, though. It's solely because of the injury. Is it, though? Yes. John, if he's healthy, if he's fully healthy, where, for me, he's a top 20 guy. He's a top 20 guy. If you're taking, it's not. It's not because of the quarterback, John. I have him at 28, and I, I do. I think it's a quarterback play. You think it's Jameis? Dude, I don't. Because Jameis is probably going to start for them. He's this, the most talented quarterback on the roster. He's yeah, probably going to start. But here's the thing. And, like, I mean, we could go back and we could talk about how successful Jameis was with Mike Evans. Right. And you could look and say, wow, if we're looking at that production, we're looking at first, second round grade production. The problem with Michael Thomas is, one, he's not fucking happy there. Well, that's true. And he's not a deep threat either. He's not a deep threat. Two, he has the injury. Right. And three, he does not have Drew Brees. I feel like Michael Thomas was one of those guys that was a product of Drew Brees. We've seen it throughout Drew Brees' career. Granted, he's probably one of the most successful wide receivers that Michael Thomas, that he's ever had. Michael Thomas is... Him and Marcus Colston. Marcus Colston. And then look at Kamara. I mean, this is why Kamara was a 50-50 guy for me because I'm just unsure of that offense. If it's Taysom Hill, get the fuck out of here. I am not drafting any fucking player on that team. I'm telling you right now. Jameis gives me a little bit of hope that Michael Thomas... I mean, listen, if if you're drafting Michael Thomas in the first, second, third round, you just ruined your whole fucking draft, let him fall to you. That's a guy that you let fall to you. Let him sit on the bench. Right, if you're sitting in round seven... 
Oh, well, round eight. That's that's a no brainer. And Michael Thomas is there. If you're sitting in like the fifth round and you're contemplating it, make sure you have a very good substitute until he comes back. Well, yeah, because he's out the first five weeks of the season. Now, probably. in a redraft league, I think he goes a lot deeper. In a redraft league, I think he goes six, seven, maybe eight. Because mm-hmm. you don't know. The reality is, they say six weeks. You don't know how long that's going to be. No. It could be two months. That's half the season. Because say he's coming back six weeks, and then he's got to take, what, a week or two to get acclimated to the offense? That's eight weeks. Your fantasy right. season's over. Your fantasy season's halfway done. It's eight weeks. Right. If you're in a keeper league... I wouldn't suspect, depending on what your keeper rules are, I wouldn't suspect a lot of people are keeping Michael Thomas because he was drafted so high last year. They're not mm-hmm. going to keep a guy who was who's injured at a high key value. Mm-hmm. If you're sitting there in the fifth round or the sixth round and Michael Thomas is there, it's a very, very high-risk, high-reward pick. It's a ve- It's one of those picks that will define what your draft is because you could take a safe player like... Many and other guys like Odell, like Brandon Ayuk, like LaVisca Chenault or T Higgins or uh, Michael Gallup or Robbie Anderson or even Tyler Boyd. Jamar Chase. You could take all these guys, right, ahead of Thomas because you know they're healthy, you know they're going to play, and you know they're going to get touches. You're drafting Thomas because of what he's done previously. You're not drafting him because of what he's going to do now. And you're drafting him because of what you think he could reclaim before the injury. Ultimately... I think he gets dealt. Ultimately, I think he gets dealt. I don't know if it's going to happen this year, if it's going to happen at the end of the year, but I think he gets dealt. And I think he gets dealt to a team with a quarterback who played like Drew Brees. I don't know who that is yet. You got to wait. I Listen, he's. I agree with everything you said, Joe, to a T. I, I just, even if he was healthy, he scares me too much. All right. I'm sorry. He just does. That's I, okay. It's just, I can't. For some reason, that offense is just a mystery to me. That team, that team could either be a playoff team or they could be one of the worst teams in the league. I know, I know. And for the right, I, I do have them at seven and ten. So before we go over to the tight ends, why don't we just quickly go over some guys we love, some later guys that we love. Let's do some, some rapid fire. Hate, right? I'm going to give you a couple names. You tell me, you tell me love or hate. All right. Okay. Let's do that. That's fun. Okay. Cool. Let's start with my boy Lavisca Chenault. Love. Love. Yeah. Any love reason why? I just feel like he's going to make a nice year two jump. He's a very Tyreek Hill-esque player for me. So. Okay. Val- nice value pick. Jamar Chase. Um, In a keeper league, I love him because you're going to draft him kind of late. Uh, I feel like the other two receivers in that offense are going to go first. Um, If you get Jamar Chase late, he's a nice keep. Okay. Or in a dynasty league, he's a very nice keep. Kenny Galladay. Hate him. Me too. I think he's I the worst him. possible player for Daniel Jones in that <laughs> offense. Yeah, Daniel Jones doesn't push the ball downfield. So. Yes. So take Kenny Holiday with a huge risk. Yeah. Will Fuller stop, on the Dolphins. Stop next. Really? Dude, that guy is that guy is a band-aid. He's held together by glue at this point. Can we, mm. <laughs> like, do you like you like Will Fuller this year? I he's talented, John. He's talented. Jalen Waddle does the same thing. But they're both going to be on the, their their receiving core is Fuller, Parker, and Waddle. Oh my God! I can't believe we're talking about Will, Will Fuller right now. He's literally held together by glue. All right, fine. Crazy glue. Um, because you're crazy. Because I'm crazy. <laughs> Curtis Samuel. <clears throat> Oof. 
Oof. I, I kind of like him. I kind of like him, too. <laughs> I kind of like him, too. I liked him last year as a flex. I, I do like him as a flex. I think he's back with Ron Rivera in, in Washington. I think Fitzpatrick could find a way to get him the ball. Uh, I think he's the wide receiver, too, on that offense. Yeah, um, there are going to be weeks that you're going to just be like, ugh. Um, just chalk it up and throw him in the lineup. Yeah. Uh, a couple of other guys here. We already spoke about Marvin Jones. Marvin Jones is going in round four and then like round 12 through 14 of drafts. What team is he on now? My, Marvin Jones plays for the boys oh, down in, in oh. Duval County. Oh shit. Nice. Um, Marvin Jones is like maybe one of the top 15 most reliable fantasy receivers you can we, have. We just spoke about him before. <laughs> He's incredible. Um, Another guy I really like, Darnell Mooney out of Chicago. Yeah. Like Darnell Mooney a lot. I think he's going to be good. Um, I think he uh, is Tariq Cohen with hands and can run routes. One other guy, Joe, I want to highlight really quick before we move on. Yeah. Uh, I want to highlight Devontae Smith. Mm. Um, Actually, I'm initially said that because the guy I was going to talk about next on the same team. Yeah. What, Travis Fulgram? No. Jalen Rieger. Yeah. They got... Man. Philly's got... so. Travis Fulgham had an incredible year last year. He's the 100th ranked receiver here. Um, we can talk about Philly receivers as a whole. I kind of like them all. Devontae Smith. Well, um, that makes sense for you because you love J- Jalen Hurts. Yeah. D- Devontae Smith's going to be out probably the first three weeks. Um, you, people could probably steal him late. You know what? In a keeper league, he might not be a bad play because you know what? He mm. he could be pretty fucking good when he gets on the field finally. Definitely. Last couple of guys, you could, I think personally you could get late and you could draft with confidence. One, Elijah Moore. New York Jets. I think he's going to be excellent. I agree. Uh, number two, um, Amon Ra St. Brown out of Detroit. He will be the number one option by week five for the Detroit Lions. Excellent, excellent, unknown wide receiver. As a rookie, um, and the reason he fell was because of his lack of speed, but he's very good. Um, and then lastly, I also do like... Um, uh, Rondell Moore. I, that's who I was going to go. Rondell Moore. Yeah, yes. I like Rondell Moore a lot. Like Rondell Moore. Um, one guy I do not like at all this year, believe it or not, uh, is McCole Hardman. Uh, McCole Hardman stepping into that Sammy Watkins role for the Chiefs. I don't see it. There's a lot of hype around Byron Pringle. Nope. I think Byron Pringle and Demarcus Robinson are going to be better options. And Hilaire is going to be healthy for a full season. Don't draft Henry Ruggs either. Okay. <laughs> With that... We will be right back. We will discuss the tight end position. All right. And we're back here for our third and final segment. It is the tight end position uh, in our pass catcher episode of Perfect Spiral. John, we've gone over some of the wide receivers. Let us now go through the tight ends. Now, a little bit different. We're not going to rank the tight ends because there's the three. And then there's everybody else. There's a three, and then there's the sleepers and right. whatever. So tier one is in for me in this order: Kelsey, Waller, Kittle. We do we even need to discuss them? No. <laughs> there's the Bar only none. thing I will say is that with Kittle, draft him knowing that they're coming off an injury. He's he's coming off an injury, um, and there could be a quarterback swap during over the course of that year. Yeah. So you may get some. Hill, uh, some peaks and valleys with Kittle. But for me, Kelsey and Waller and Kittle are all wide receiver ones on their offenses. Their target share target share will be the highest amongst their teams. 
Draft them with confidence. I already told you guys about my draft strategy with tight ends. So Love that's it. done. Now. Now we get to tier two. Now we get to some guys who are interesting, right? And yes, we're going to talk about Kyle Pitts because I think he's a fascinating character. I really do. Very fascinating. I think it's fascinating. But we're going to save him for last. Yes. Guys that I like that are going to give you in between 8 to 12 points a game and not like the 20 plus that the three guys we just mentioned are going to give you. Okay. Is that me? That is you. That's me. Of course, I'm getting a phone call. Um, TJ Hawkinson. I agree. Mark, Mark Andrews. I hate Mark Andrews this year. I know, but he's just like there. He was so bad last year. But he gets red zone targets. He does, but that's a whole other discussion. Yeah. Um, Tyler Higby. Love Tyler Higby this year. I like Tyler Higby. No more Gerald Everett. He is the undisputed only tight end on that roster. He has a better quarterback. I love Hawkinson, by the way. You love Hawkinson? Yeah, because... 30-year tight end? Yeah, and Goff loves the tight end. He, yeah. he did pretty well with that. So, I like him. Uh, and I, I, I mean, for me, tier two, I really like Mike Kosicki out of Miami. You know, it's funny. I was... Joe, I was looking at Mike Kosicki. So, wait. Noah Fant's not in your tier two? He's in my tier three. Criminal. Because 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 there's you talked about it before. There's so many mouths to feed there. I know, but man, he looked good. He looked good. <laughs> now, Noah, you know what's funny though? I feel like we've been waiting two years for Noah Fant to come on. Well, he's only a third year. And I, you know, I know, but there was a lot of promise with him. Whatever. Anyway, nonetheless, he looked great until he got hurt last year. Um, so I I was looking at Kasicki and I didn't know what to make of it mm. because I feel like he's got like untapped potential. Yeah, but I feel like a lot of his potential was Ryan Fitzpatrick. That's it's weird, right? It's like weird because it's like Gesicki's that guy that he could be a top five tight end if he really. But you could get him to. in like round ten or eleven. Oh yeah, you're drafting him late. I mean, people are going to overdraft him out of. So, real quick before we before we get to the rankings again, don't be afraid when you're drafting in your like in your leagues when a run on a position starts, aka when the run on tight end starts, don't <laughs> don't bite because. The drop right, off. If you is don't get one trem- of the three, don't go nuts. Yeah, don't go crazy because I mean you're gonna draft Hunter Henry and I mean sit him for two weeks and then he's gonna be fine. But <laughs> um Yeah, no, that's he he I agree with you, Joe. I like Gasecki a lot. Okay. I do. Uh we already mentioned I really like Higby. I think Higby's gonna be tight end five. I think Higby's gonna be tight end four or five this year for the Rams person. Like uh, an overall tight end four or five. Yeah. Um I'm not crazy about Logan Thomas. Uh again, Fitzpatrick doesn't really like tight ends that much. So I don't love Logan Thomas a lot for the Washington football team. Um, I think he was very predicated on touchdown catches last year. I don't see the, I don't see. See, but that Fitzpatrick made Gesicki look really good. But he wasn't, he wasn't consistent with Gesicki. That's true. Yeah. He wasn't consistent. There were like some weeks where he looked for him, some weeks where he didn't. I want to ask about your boy, Irv Smith. What do you think about Irv Smith? He's fully out of the shadow with Kyle Rudolph. So, this goes back to second round draft pick. Am I right? What when we drafted him? Yeah, yeah. So this goes back to what we were saying about um, Noah Font. There's a lot of mouths on that offense. Do you think he's not going to be as highly touted? I think Irv Smith has a lot of untapped potential. He's another one of those guys, but yeah. I just don't know if the game plan would actually focus on him enough to make him to to make him a fantasy starter. I mean, they have him ranked here as the 14th tight end and they have him in tier three. They I mean, have him get, here in number 10. You're going to get him late. If you get him late, I mean, is he, is he, 
<laughs> it makes me a little nervous starting him. I'm not going to lie. No, I mean, listen, I don't, I don't think he's it. a starting tight end. None of these guys give me confidence at the tight end position. Goddard is maybe one of the few that does. Goddard I like. I do like Goddard. I think I think Goddard's going to be solid. For the love of God, do not draft Evan Ingram. Don't draft Evan Ingram. Don't draft Austin Hooper. Don't draft um don't draft Jared Cook. Uh don't draft Gerald Everett. You know, if you're Robert drafting Tanya's if you're drafting Gronk, draft him knowing that he's they're getting OJ Howard back this year. You know, they have Antonio Brown for a full season. He's not gonna see as many catches. Mm-hmm. You know, you draft Hunter Henry or John o. Smith, just know the target share is gonna be split in half, so you're not gonna get what you want out of either one. Exactly. Um, all right. I can't even do it anymore. We got to talk about Kyle Pitts. Wait, real quick before we talk about Kyle Pitts, a guy that I like real quick, sleeper, 37th ranked tight end, Mo Ali Cox. Okay. We want to go sleepers real quick. You know who I love as a sleeper? Who? Cole Komet out of Chicago. I was just looking at him too. I do like him. Cole Komet. Uh, we liked him in the draft. The problem with him right now is that Jimmy Graham's still in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, uh, Tight ends are a rookie quarterback's best friend. Yeah. So whenever Justin Fields decides to take over, I would highly do commit. Gerald I, Everett and Blake Jarwin? No. Neither one. Not for me. Interesting. Okay. Not for me. Um, I do like Adam Troutman out of New Orleans. Okay. I do. I think um, he only caught 15 catches last year. He had 17 targets. But he was so productive in college. It just makes no sense it that does, yeah. he wouldn't be. Think about all the great Sean Payton teams and how how involved in the offense the tight end was. They might move back. Jimmy to that. Graham, uh, Jared Cook, you know whoever whoever was there, the the, the tight end was involved. I'm not saying Troutman's going to be a, a full fledged starter for you, but he's a guy that you could draft very very late who has potential upside. Two more guys, real quick, Joe, and then we'll get to we'll, we'll close out with Kyle Pitts, Hayden Hurst. Do you like him or you hate him? Absolutely not. No. Wow. Okay. And then the last guy is a guy that everybody's been waiting. It's what seems like forever to come on. Uh, Chris Herndon. <laughs> okay. No. All right. Um, I just I just need to throw it out. There. I do like Donald Parnum out of uh, L.A. for the Chargers. Okay. I do like him. Now, coming over uh, from the XFL, Parnum was very, very good. Uh, he was backing up Hunter Henry last year. Um, there's not catching Hunter Henry this year. I, I don't think he's going to be anything special, but there's a guy who, again, catch lighting in a bottle a couple of weeks. Yeah. All right, so let's do it. Let's talk about him. So can I talk about the elephant in the room really quick? It is well documented that rookie tight ends do not fare well in their first year in the NFL. We've seen it recently with Noah Fant. We've seen it with TJ Hawkinson. Uh, OJ Howard. We saw it with OJ Howard. We, we've seen it. Like even Rook, Travis Kelsey's rookie year, he I don't even think he started. He was wasn't good enough. Kittle wasn't right. Kittle actually, Kittle was pretty good. I don't know if he was, but regardless, <laughs> nonetheless, Kyle Pitts. Every fiber of my being tells me not to draft Kyle Pitts. Everything in my bones says, "Don't, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't fall to. Don't fall into the trap." John, I have him ranked as my fourth overall tight end. It's a trap. You think it's a trap? Joe, it's a trap. They have him ranked here at number seven. No, they have him ranked here at six. Your book has him at five. You have him at four. I would have him that high solely off the fact that the tight end position is thin. Right. He's a specimen, though. He reminds me of Evan Ingram in a lot of ways. And I said that. I said that when we went over it in the draft. But I think he's going to be better than Evan Ingram. 
Like, if you look at his tape in college, he's a freak athlete. He's a wide receiver. Right. He's, he's a, a wide receiver who's bigger. And the last tight end to have over 1,000 yards in his rookie season was Jeremy Shockey. See, you're playing now. You're playing the odds there, and I just don't like it. I know. I but, it's not good odds. But here's the reality. Here's the reality. Okay? That's, that's what do they have him projected? Just tell me. 62 catches on 99 targets, 770 yards, and five touchdowns. To me, that's realistic. It's realistic. It is. Let, let me tell you why, though. Let me tell you why. We spoke about the Falcons before. Mike Davis is their running back. Unproven. Right? Matt Ryan's their quarterback. Okay? Um, veteran, you know what he is. Very efficient. Okay? Yeah. You have Calvin Ridley. You have Russell Gage as now your wide receiver, too. Wow, we not, forgot about him. Yeah, who's not as good as Julio, obviously. Hayden Hurst was the tight end there last year. They didn't use him a lot at all. Well, I forgot he's on Atlanta and I mentioned him. I'm an idiot. But Kyle Pitts is just. You don't take a tight end fourth overall and not use him in your first year. You don't. Johnny was taken fourth overall. Fourth. The Falcons had an opportunity to take Justin Fields at number four and they passed on him for Kyle Pitts. Off the strength of the talent alone, I feel like they made that move. But, but like, how do you not put up some sort of numbers? So he, Joe, the only shining light, I feel like, if you're drafting Kyle Pitts. First of all, Kyle Pitts is 185 fucking percent an overdraft candidate. He's going to go way too high. Right. Way too high. Again, and he's a guy that... If you get the run on tight end early, like if you see if 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 Kelsey Waller and Kittle are gone by round by the big by the mid by mid round three, I would not take Pitts in round three. Would not do it. Somebody's going to take refuse. Him What's his ADP? Do we even know? Um, I don't know what his ADP is right now. At the moment. It's got to be ridiculous. It's got to be at least round three or four. I could check, Give which to second. me is a little absurd. But the only saving grace, Joe, I'll tell you this while you're looking that up. The only saving grace for Pitts is that he's not only going to line up in the tight end spot. He's going to line up in the slot. He's going to line up outside. They're going to throw him all over the field. Because his that's ADP what he, is 40 is 41. It's always round four. That's his ADP. Late round three, early four. Kind of high for me. I don't love him there. It's, it, it's so intriguing. It's so intriguing. Because the talent is you get lost in the talent. That's Joe, you're getting lost in the talent. But it's the quarterback too, right? It's the quarterback. Like, no offense to Eli Manning, but Eli Manning does not have the talent that Matt Ryan has. Matt Ryan is you know, like, like, on the back end of 30. Right, like, but, you know, Stafford had Hawkinson, and last year Hawkinson was fine. You know, he was kind of hurt his rookie season. We, I, I don't know. I don't I don't know. I know, it hurts. It, it, I don't know what so to do. So they have him ranked higher than Hawkinson. It's laughable. In that book, yeah, Hawkinson at six. They have Pitts at, f- Pitts at five, Hawkinson at six. There's yep. nobody challenging Hawkinson for the they have, they have They have Pitts going 62, 771, and five. And they have Hawkinson going 64, 711, and five. That's fucking stupid. Sorry, it's dumb. Hawkinson could have 1,000 yards this year. You think Hawkinson could have 1,000 yards? I don't Who's think challenging have- him for the wide receiver one role, Joe? Amon Ross, St. Brown, baby. Okay. <laughs> And Tyrell Williams? No, I'm kidding. Oh, my God. Tyrell Williams is there. Yeah. He'll play four or five games. Yeah, and then get hurt. (laughs) 
I just with Pitts, it's just like you're mystified by the talent. Job, I, what it is? It's if 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 the tight end position as a whole was not such an enigma for rookie players, I would draft him with confidence, no problem. It's literally that stigma. Yep. It's not the fact that he plays on a bad team. It's not the fact that Matt Ryan plays on as the quarterback. It's not the fact that they're not the most talented team. It's the tight end rookie stigma that's keeping me away from him. That's all it is. Am I crazy to think like that? No, I agree with you. That's why I'm not drafting him. Sorry, I'm not drafting Kyle Pitts. Newsflash to everybody. You will not see me taking Kyle Pitts. And you know what? Honestly, I'll live with it because, Joe, let's be honest. Real quick, before before we call. Well, um, okay, I'm going to just, let me, um, can we do an exercise really quick before you get into that point? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Okay. So, you'd rather have Mark Andrews over Kyle Pitts? Yes. Hawkinson? Yes. Higby? Yes. Dallas Goddard? Yes. Uh, Evan Ingram? No. That's where it stops. So, Noah Font? I have Noah Font over him. Irv Smith? No. Logan Thomas? Yes. Really? I like Logan Thomas this year. Um. Okay. You think that's where... What about Jono and Hunter Henry? Nah, too much mystery. Too much mystery. Okay. What about Kasicki? We spoke about Kasicki. I mean, you talked me into him, so yes. So you have him behind... What about Tonyan? I have him ahead of Tonyan. Okay, so you have one, six, seven, eight, nine, ten... 11. You have him basically as the 12th tight end. Mm-hmm. So you think in a 12-team league, he's a starting tight end. He's going to be for somebody. Not me. But I don't know. It, it, it concerns me. I know it does. It concerns and, me but, too. But you, 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 get like, you get lost in the talent because of what he can be. But at the end of the day, like if we're playing the odds... Rookie tight ends, like you said, they're not successful. They're really not. And, and that's, that's the And the stigma. one thing that we're not talking about is Arthur Smith's new head coach. He never used a tight end in Tennessee. He did. That's what I was going to say. He, that's where John o. Smith got his name from. Oh, that's true. It's John o. Smith. So he, wrong. So, he, so he did, like, he did use a tight end Different a lot, skill sets, though. Right? Different skill sets. Smith was more of a tight end, built yeah. like a tight end. You know, Pitts is not, but it doesn't mean he can't use him in that same role. Oh, so this is what I was going to say. I just remembered the point. Because a linebacker is not covering him one-on-one. It's not happening. Here's the problem with Pitts in a keeper league. The problem with Pitts in a keeper league, Joe, he's going to go way too high for you to even consider keeping him. I, this year, absolutely. You can't, I, I'm not going to, you know, it, it's difficult enough to to justify keeping Travis Kelsey as a second round pick in a keeper league. Someone's going to draft Pitts in round four. Or round five. And they're going to try to justify keeping him the next season. I don't see it. I don't see it. If you're in a keeper league, the only way you're drafting Pitts is if you get him in like round eight. Yeah. And I don't think that's going to happen. He's going to get, he's going to get drafted way too high. So the last thing I'll say, and then we'll, we'll, we'll ax it. I think that it's going to be difficult for when he's lining up on the line of scrimmage. Tight ends are going to, uh, tight ends. Linebackers are going to be too slow to cover him. And safeties are going to be too small. So he's that ultimate mismatch option. And the difference between him and Evan Ingram, and we haven't seen this with Pitts yet, obviously, because he hasn't played. Ingram 
Ingram would be a top five tight end if he caught the ball consistently. Yeah, he doesn't have good hands. But he doesn't catch the ball consistently. If Pitts can catch the ball consistently, like we've seen him do at Florida, I think he could be successful. I really think he could be successful. He's one of the biggest mysteries of the draft. He is an absolute... He might be the biggest mystery of the draft. Yeah. The biggest mystery. It's not even a question. That's why rookies are so tantalizing. Yep. Well, folks, that is all for John and myself. What do we got next week? Next week, on our last episode of FFA, before we get into the our basically our preseason, <laughs> we are going to go over... Guys that we haven't spoke about across all positions. Sleepers, busts, guys who you really like. Guys who are you're going to get in round 10 or later. You want to talk about defense and kickers too? We could talk about defenses, kickers, whatever. I mean, they're kickers. Justin Tucker. Just, just right. Justin. If you know Justin Tucker is the number one guy, you're good. If you draft Rodrigo Blankenship, you're a guaranteed semifinalist. Just because of the name. Such a gun the goggles. I'm, it's just great. Right? He's like the skinniest guy. He's like the kid in the peewee who wears like the nerd glasses. <laughs> Jeez. And, but he nails 50-yard field goals, so it's fine. He does. Um, we could definitely touch on defenses, but I really want to talk about some like – I want to talk about like the flex position more in detail. Mm-hmm. And I want to talk about who we think are really ideal candidates for that position. Perfect. Because I really think we haven't touched that yet. We've touched quarterbacks, we've touched running backs, we've touched wide receivers, we've touched tight ends, and we've touched like our draft strategy. And you even touched on your draft strategy on the flex in the earlier episode about the running backs. We've mentioned a few characters, but I really want to go into, because we've talked about really some big time names. I want to dedicate an episode to like- The deeper guys. The deeper guys who you, and people always say you win your leagues in round like eight through 12. That's what I want to focus on. Waiver wire stuff. So Hell yeah. let's do that. We could maybe even talk strategy about, you know, if you're in a bidding league where you have, like we are now, where, yeah, you, we should, where we you, bid, you bid for free agents, waiver wire strategies, stuff like that. We'll go over all the nuances next week. And then just giving you a little update on our calendar here. That will take us into uh, September. And then we're going to do two episodes of pre of our uh, NFL season preview. We're going to have September 1st. We're going to do an episode Mm -hmm. and then we're going to do one on September 8th, the day before the season kicks off and we are going to have it up for you the day, the first day of the NFL season. Hold hold on a second, Joe. Hold that thought. Oh, I'm holding September 8th. September 8th is a Wednesday. Ooh, we might have to do that early. I have a draft. What time? Late. What's late? Like nighttime. Wow, that's nighttime could cover a whole variety. <laughs> we'll figure it out. All right, sure we're going to do it on Wednesday. It needs to be done. Yeah, we'll so, do it Wednesday. Um, we're going to do predictions. We're going to give you our Super Bowl picks. We're going to give you our accolade picks, MVP, Coach of the Year, all that stuff um, in a couple of weeks. So we have a lot on the docket. Folks, a month from today, John, a month from today, we will be covering the first week recap of the NFL season. Whoa, boy. Let's go. <laughs> oh, wait, Joe, we didn't talk about the NFL top 100. Save it for next week. All right, yeah. Save it NFL for NFL top week. 100, going to table for next week. The whole list will be out by that time yes. of the episode. So save it for next week. John, anything else think for the folks at home? Uh, Madden 22 is not that good. Shit. I re- 
I reserved it. I mean, it's just the same. You have it? I have a demo, yeah. Don't play it. Check it out. All right. Stay safe. Don't do drugs. Talk to you guys later. Enjoy. Enjoy.